Hey, this is Noah. How you doing? How you doing? We got a great episode today with the third founding member of Theater World, Hannah Herbert Hunt and her father, Keith Herbert, who've written an amazing sci-fi musical together. Just coming in before the episode to let you know that we, Theater World, are hosting a miscast cabaret on March 27th at 4 p.m. Pacific, and we'd love for you to sign up. You know, a miscast is where you get to sing a song from a show or a role that you might not normally get to play. You know, bending things like age, gender, type, etc., etc. The link to sign up is in the episode description. We would love to see you there. Anybody can sign up. Super low pressure event, super supportive. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's get into the interview. Sandra and Noah. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theater World Podcast. I'm Noah. And I'm Sandra, and we have two of my favorite people on today. Yes, uh, the father-daughter composing duo. Please welcome to the show, Hannah Herbert Hunt and Keith Herbert. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for having us. So you guys are a father and daughter, obviously. And you wrote a <laughs> you musical together. Um, tell us about it. It's called The Journey Home. Uh, give, give, give us the, the, the basic, the premise, the basic pitch for the show. Yeah. So it's a science fiction musical, which I know is quite odd. And the two science fiction musicals I've seen are quite bad. Um, one on roller skates, I think, and I can't remember the other. But Starlight oh, Express? Like Starlight Express. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> the other one it featured in Tick, Tick, Boom. Is that the one you're talking about or thinking yeah. about? That was so funny hearing Superbia. about Tick, Tick, Boom when, his, when uh, Jonathan Larson's like, first musical he was pitching was a sci-fi musical. And his yeah. agent was like, no one wants this. And I was like, that, <laughs> that bodes well for us. <laughs> I know. I immediately thought about you guys, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> But I'm a big science fiction fan and have been reading it since I was 12 and started writing musical pieces in kind of a science fiction theme back in the 70s, but never got very far with it. And then um, probably 2006, 2008 started considering a, a science fiction musical. And, and the storyline is basically there's an arc, a spaceship that's traveling from our solar system to a new solar system but it's not like um star wars star trek where you just push a button and you get there this one it's going to take 765 years to get there so we're meeting four youngish people on the ark and kind of discovering what their lives are like they're called the stewards they're taking care of the animals and the plants and all the stuff that will be needed once they get to the new planet but of course, these people won't see the new planet. They're just the stewards. So there's this group of people who take care of everything and they live in this arc that's three kilometers long and a third of a kilometer, uh, half a kilometer wide. So it's huge, it's massive. And it's kind of the story of these, these people on the arc. So you had this idea in your brain since the 70s and you were like, Hannah, we gotta do this. <laughs> no, I wanted to do a science fiction musical since the 70s. Really, this story, I kind of sketched out the, some characters and, and an arc. Um, and I was writing music for it, but I just didn't want to write the story. And, and that's when um, 
Hannah, I, I think Hannah was still at Marymount, and I said, will you do write the book? And, and well, Hannah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was taking playwriting classes at Marymount Manhattan College, where I was going to school for musical theater. And um, my dad had been kind of revisiting this musical that I'd been hearing about since I was a kid, because, yeah, they said he started like writing with this idea in kind of 2006, like when I was in elementary school. And his actually, his office was right by where my, right next to my bedroom. So I'd always like often fall asleep, like hearing the songs he was working on. So it's like, it's kind of always been um, something I've been familiar with. But then as I was getting more into playwriting, uh, my dad kind of proposed the idea of me writing the book for it. And so I signed on and yeah, then kind of uh, began writing the script and finished uh, the first draft of the full script um, about like the summer or the fall after I graduated college. Um, yeah. So your dad was just subliminally sending messages through the wall when you were sleeping as Exactly. A child. I was as I was falling asleep, I was hearing the songs. They were going into my brain, into my subconscious all along. <laughs> Incidentally, those songs are some of the they're, they're the same themes, but the songs are vastly different now. So it, it's it's changed quite a bit since then. And it's changed kind since of the same you themes. started collaborating together. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's changed it, since you started collaborating with one another. Yes. Yeah. What what stage of development are you are you guys in right now? Right now, we're pretty much the show is I'd say like ninety five percent written. We have one yeah, song I think that's that right. yeah has to. We have yeah the one song that's left that needs to be completed that is our finale. So we didn't write everything in chronological order, but this last song has been just like in Tick, Tick, Boom, where you're holding for out for that exactly. one, that one perfect song that's going to yeah. hold exactly, everything together. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have the music for it. We just need the lyrics. And Hannah yeah. and I have been collaborate, collaborating oh. on lyrics since uh, probably for at least a year now. Yeah. Um, Initially, kind of started... I would write the, the lyrics and the music, and now Hannah is working with me on the lyrics. Yeah, that kind of began, began more, um, during quarantine, the summer of 2020, because I mm -hmm. had decided to leave New York for about three months and spend the summer in California. And it was the longest amount of time that my dad and I had been in the same place. So we started collaborating on writing songs together, which is a lot easier to do in person than it is to do yeah, over sure. Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So a blessing in disguise. You had to exactly, hunker down yeah. to get it all done. But you did a, a reading before, right? Uh, before uh, COVID began, right? Yeah, we did a reading actually a month before everything went into lockdown. Um, we did a reading of the first act. Um, and that was with about 10 actors in New York. And we had been at a studio and did kind of very informal reading, just kind of get a general sense of what the show sounded like. And it was a really exciting time because I was thinking like, oh, great, I can't wait to go home and rewrite this and then do another reading in a month. And then <laughs> and <laughs> that scene. was not the case. <laughs> so that was that was the last time that's not we had people in the same room together. But um, you can you can see little bits of that reading in the um, video introduction that we do on our website. There's little pieces of it. But after that, um, all of the recordings that we did, all the scenes that Hannah recorded, all of it was done with pe people in different parts of uh, the United States. 
And so what has the uh, collaborative process been, been like for the, between the two of you? Because you, you obviously know each other really well. You've obviously, you know, spent your whole lives together. But I assume you hadn't worked on something of this scale before. Um, what was the process like of kind of figuring out how each other works? Yeah, it was interesting too. Yeah, I would say because <laughs> when we started, it was um, very much kind of, it was this idea that my dad had had and I was coming on to write the book for it um, and he was having the songs. And so sometimes it was funny because we'd have songs that, you know, we knew what the theme of that song was going to be or we had the lyrics for the song, but I didn't really know where in the sh show it was going to go. And there were also characters that kind of besides the maybe two of the main characters, we had kind of a rough sketch of who they were as people. So one of the first things uh, I did when I started writing it was I wrote kind of like a life story for the four main characters of the show. Um, like a background. Some of them are, yeah, they're like eight pages long, just kind of going through their whole life. And it was exactly so like their own Bible. Yeah getting through who they were. And it was funny because then I would uh, share it with my dad and he would go, huh, I didn't know this about this character. And it was, yeah. We were kind of learning things about the characters and about the arc. And you've written other. a part for yourself too, right? Yeah, there's been a part that I have been playing in all the readings we've done. and um, That character was yeah. in from the start, but Hannah has made the character more real. So when I first started doing it i was like okay so the ship um it's this big and this wide and the walls have to be this thick and you know if they're going uh, 10 million miles per hour <laughs> that's 12 light years and hannah goes dad this is the musical we have an hour and a half yeah. so it she kind of took it into the human realm you know mine would have been a lot more what's attached to the ship kind of stuff yes save that for the for the novel adaptation that's yeah. right there you go <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah it was funny because actually one of the first songs we wrote together was one that i had kind of had a sketch of that i had first written out some ideas for this song maybe back in like September of 2019 and it was in a notebook and it was about a character that I had just like kind of finished writing his bio and I was like there, there's something more to him I just haven't figured it out yet but there's he's got more than what we know so far and then when I was in California in 2020 and I kind of was revisiting some of like my old notebooks and I found this kind of sketch of a song and I brought it to my dad and I was like I think this is a song in the show. I think this is going to fit somewhere. And so then there were like three lines in it that became the chorus. Um, and it's the song, If Love is a Promise. And it's sung by the character Leo, who is kind of involved in a love triangle in the show. And he really was first introduced kind of to set up a plot point and to have this love triangle. And then we kind of found this song that we wrote together where we gave him... A lot more yeah <laughs> can we play that song yeah do you want do you want to say more about it or, or shall i introduce it well yeah. yeah i thought that he was a throwaway character you know he's like the cad all the girls love him you know that guy and <laughs> and i was kind of just glossing over him and then she brought me this if love is a promise my love is yours and i thought wow this guy's deep so um 
we we worked on that song for a week and a half and then recorded it's it's my voice on on the recording but uh, it will eventually be leo's well let's hear a bit of it this is if love is a promise from the journey home This is new to me, I always stick to facts Relying on the system and following the rules We can't control the fate of things if opposites attract Were we blinded by romance or simply being fools? All this leads to asking, is there love that's everlasting? Hoping she would change for me, I thought she could adapt Stuck in constant argument Why did we go on Acting like we chose that past When really we were trapped Always thought that it was love Now I think I'm wrong If all I did was blunder Then I'm only left to wonder If love is a promise I give you my word If love is a story It isn't one I've heard if love is friendship, we're already friends. If love is romance, then how should I begin? And we're back. All right. So, <laughs> wow, that was tearful. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys did a virtual staging of this show, right? Kind of. Yeah, we've been doing recordings of all the songs and then we're recording some scenes over zoom a lot during kind of the spring and summer of 2020 when it was looking like we kind of hit that point of oh we're not gonna have it uh, there's never gonna be theater soon. ever in life yeah it's, <laughs> so, it's completely dead not for a while <laughs> it was a very challenging process because i was i think actually my dad was more um eager to do that before I was because I was just so I think frustrated in the time and in the like you know that angst of like having thinking my life was going one way and thinking mm. you know having just started my career post-college in theater and being just upset about that. everything I that. <laughs> and so he was saying like I think we should just record these scenes and I was kind of pushing back like no these are written for the stage like it's not gonna work over zoom and in recordings and then I eventually gave in <laughs> and it's good that I did because it really, it gave us a chance to, um, to hear the dialogue more and to see how the dialogue was flowing into the songs and also to just present it in a way where I was able to say, okay, this is not the end goal of how this is going to be presented, but it is a way to show people what this is. So kind of like a demo had, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A demo is a good, good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So we... it was the same. It was the same with the um, recordings you know, I got iPhone recordings, people in their closets. And then I would patch that into the music and try and take out some of their room reverb and stuff like that. But we were doing as much as we could with, you know, everybody being separated and, and not having the, the privilege of having people in the same room so that they can act off of each other, sing together, harmonize together, that kind of thing. We were just seeing what was possible with us isolated like this. And I mean, it's not 
none of the stuff in, in this is final format. Demo is a good way to put it. It's, you know, to see how things work together. <laughs> Next stop, Broadway. <laughs> Absolutely. So like when, when people did it, was it, were they recording their voices? Did you send them the tracks first or how did they? So they would together? get the score and they would get um, a digital recording. Often I would sing some of the parts or even their part if it was in range or maybe I'd take it down an octave or Hannah sang some of them too. Uh, we would give them as much as we could, but they did have the score and a digital track that had all the parts in it. And then they would sing to that. And then I would take their wave file and put that in the recording. So a lot of the stuff, the one, the one that you, you just played with me is just me and, and my pro tools, but a lot of the other ones, it's, um, pro tools and then remote people sending their stuff in to me. Uh, are, are there any other songs you'd like us to play? Anything else we could kind of dive deep on? Or, or a song that you really like out of all the ones that you've written so far? You like them all. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, I know one other we had talked about sharing was actually the first song in the show, which is called Small World. And it was also the first song that we shared with anyone online. Because um, we'd actually recorded me singing it in my dad's studio back when they still lived in California. Um, like I think a week before the shutdown happened, I had been uh, visiting home, doing some auditions in California. And then I'd come back to New York and everything shut down, but we luckily had this recording of this first song. And so uh, then we ended up posting it uh, on our Patreon. That was kind of the first uh, exposure to our show. Well, let's hear a clip of it. It's called Small World. Small world's long trip inside this big ship. Bugs in a jar with no holes for air. Let me outside to work and repair. Across the sea of suns, what a view. Get a little me time while I'm working on the maintenance crew. Because that's what I do. shell orchards and farms a little pond near the park cute little town where we can dance after dark all the things we need they provide if everything's so wonderful you have to be wondering why i'm hanging here outside and we're back <laughs> yeah i think i remember um when you guys were were saying that you were writing a musical together, I think it was a uh, when you were still at, at in Burlingame. Yes, it was like that far back. That's right. Yeah, That's right. and you wrote a song for Hannah to sing, and Hannah sang it in in your uh, living room. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like true. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was also yeah. I think there was another song that we sang not from. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we sang. Yeah, yeah. But, I, a lot of the songs I sing that are for female voice, Hannah sings because my voice isn't mm -hmm. all that. Makes pretty. sense. No, your voice is not female. <laughs> yeah. It could be, I'm sure. You got some, uh, you know, Jersey boys in there That's somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, wonderful. 
Um, how how is it collaborating with your father? Like knowing that you guys have such a like a tight bond. Like, is it is it easy, or is there sometimes you like argue? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I feel like we never argue. We definitely. So I've noticed some of our patterns, especially when it comes to um, songwriting, especially when we're collaborating that way, because that's a lot more uh, together than kind of when I'm writing the book and he's writing the music and we're putting them together and discussing it that way. Um, there's often a point which I think isn't even an argument. It's more of just a good collaboration process where we'll kind of be trying to find the right line that'll fit and he'll say something and all like in my head, you know, maybe not quite that. And then I'll say something and he'll be like, not quite that. And then we'll kind of just keep on going until we find a line that we both agree on. And so it's so like the Beatles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that is the perfect songwriting technique because someone says a line that makes you think of three others. And then you say the three others and then they think of three others. And then you have, you, you do come to the best possible when it's just one person you're not thinking of those three others. Yeah, and it sounds much more enjoyable than just kind of pounding it out by yourself with no second opinion. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's is. so much more that gets unlocked when you can bounce things off someone that you trust and someone who you know has a similar taste to you and is you know in full agreement that you're working towards the same goal and want it to be as great as possible. Yes, it, it okay. does tend to be what the end result is a different voice than either of the individuals. Right. You know, so it's a different point of view than either of the individuals, which is a funny thing. But a lot of the song... Was there like one song that was hard? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, a lot of the songs we have um, have kind of oddball titles um, because, again, they're on this arc and th their lives are much different than ours. So um, that was also fun. It's just writing not trying to write, you know, like schmaltzy pop tunes. Mm -hmm. We could write kind of oddball science fiction tunes with schmaltzy Broadway kind of music. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't have to follow the rules of regular Earth. That's right. You can't. Yeah. You can be <laughs> musically <it's> <laughs> subversive in galactic fashions. <laughs> it is fun, too, because I think it's definitely got some kind of inspiration from uh, with Stephen Schwartz and Wicked, where he has so many made up words and here's his lyrics because it's this whole other place where you can have your own vocabulary. Different and vernacular. So, yeah, we've definitely taken some of that in both the script and the song lyrics. You have, um, yeah, different, you know, phrases that aren't part of our typical speech. And we have a lot of um, lyrics that are of Easter eggs and references to other science fiction novels or movies or characters from the science fiction canon um, that we kind of sprinkle in different places. So do you have like a dictionary that you, uh, you've been writing out? <laughs> Funny enough, we have, we do have like a list of every single science fiction novel that my dad owns and so when we want to like throw in a little easter egg we like reference that list we're like what's a good title what's that what has a good line that might where's a rhyme yeah fit in here yeah <laughs> so what's what's next what's the what's the goal for the like the next iteration of the show um ob obviously i assume you want it on stage but what's the what's the next thing on the timeline you know definitely another stage reading i mean we had that uh, first one was not really a stage reading, it's more of just kind of an informal reading. But um, yeah, I would like to 
bring on a director to kind of help put have another eye to look at the show and mm -hmm. do a, a stage reading, get a full cast. Probably the next iteration, I won't be playing one of the characters so that I, as a writer, can actually kind of look at what the show is Oversee. and see, yeah, and see what how people are responding to it. So we don't, don't want to be do Lin Manuel Miranda and just cast <laughs> yeah. yourself as the starring you know, role. I, in all yeah, your shows. Like, I'm yeah. sure I'll revisit the character at some <laughs> point, but at some point I have to also. Uh, yeah, you have to step it. in when it's time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I want to have more people see it as kind of the, the real goal of the moving forward is getting more feedback on it and what parts of the show are really resonating with people and what parts are still confusing people and just so I can keep on, we can keep on rewriting and having something. Any particular theaters you're looking at like to have it in? We haven't uh, landed on any specific ones yet. I'm kind of just beginning a research process. The Schubert of... Theater, the Stephen Sondheim Theater. <laughs> yes, all yeah, of those. Yeah, if uh, Mr. Needlelander, if you're listening to this. Um... You could, you could, well, you could we're... unseat Obviously. Wicked, go to the Gershwin Theater, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. We're, um, In between acts. We're thinking that at any level that it works, we're happy. I mean, if it becomes, you know, a favorite high school musical, we're into that. Wherever it lands, we're okay. And if it spreads from there, great. So, um, you get a TikTok musical. Not... <laughs> yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have a TikTok account, so it probably won't do that. <laughs> Time to get one. TikTok, TikTok is great for musical marketing, though. It, it is, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of musicals on there. That are performed on stage and then presented on TikTok? There are a lot of shows these days that, I mean, it's definitely a condition of the isolation of the pandemic, but definitely as a trend started from last year, there have been a lot of musicals that were written, you know, by a bunch of people remotely, collaboratively to be presented on the phone using the tools of TikTok. Um, yeah. Like Bridgerton. Bridgerton. A lot of, yeah, um, fan musicals, Ratatouille, um, Robots, the musical. There was like a big Phineas and Ferb musical. It's a lot of like unauthorized <laughs> fan parody stuff. That's right. I have heard about those. Yeah, you'd like the Phineas yeah. and Ferb one, Hannah. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely popped up on TikTok. <laughs> I might enjoy some of that, but I think that we have gone as far as we can with that kind with of... The tech. Yeah, with with people isolated from each other. Yeah. When, when we did um, The River Keeps Flowing, the, the the last piece of music we recorded with... Big group number. A big, yeah, big group number. Yeah. And, and they were all together in the same room. We were just kind of blown away. You know, we're done with the, the isolation stuff. Yeah. It's time no more to get recording people closets. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And where did you do that recording? We did that here in New York at the um, National Opera Center, um, which I had taken voice lessons voice lessons there and my voice teacher went to that studio and then I had found out they had recording uh, equipment. So we got together 11 singers and three different instrumentalists. We had a cellist, uh, electric bass, and a vibraphone player. And then we had um, my voice teacher, Jessica Corbin, was our music director. And it was just such a game changer. Yeah, in the this video you posted because the video you posted was is so professional. Like sound, it sounds like such a a step up from you know rem all, all the remote recordings. Yep, 
Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it was feeling that and like being in the room and like our the rehearsal we had before the recording day, I we like finished a run through the song and I started like crying because it was the first time <laughs> I was hearing these songs like as they were intended to sound with everyone in the same room. And especially when this show is so much about the community of people who mm -hmm. are coming together in, in unusual circumstances, but are nonetheless there a family and they're a community it's just it was so much greater to have it actually be with oh, of people course. around me and it, it it inspired us that yeah let's let's keep doing this. this is the right direction so that's we're going to do more of that yeah it definitely seems like a very Another fulfilling touchdown. moment to to, yeah. to see it with actual people because yeah like when you're writing something um, just the two of you, or before you really show it to anyone, it's hard to gauge how it's going to actually look or what people are going to think of it. Um, and it, yeah, it's such a transformational moment to see it actually on its feet um, right. and to hear it up close. And that that piece is actually a requiem. One of the characters died, not one of the four main ones, but a, a character dies. Um, Spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an act one, so you get to know that. Yeah. Um, okay, so who cares? Um, but a lot of the people who listen to it don't know that it's a requiem, but they're still moved in that kind of manner. So I'm imagining, because this is this takes place at the big river that goes around the ark. There's a river that circles the ark, and it, it's always flowing, and they have a phrase on the ark, the river keeps flowing. And I, well, both Hannah and I could envision you know all of the, the 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 actors singing this song by the river on the stage and just how moving that would be so th this was a big moment for us all right let's hear a clip of that song as well here is a bit of the river keeps flowing Keith and Hannah, let's get into our lightning round. We've got a little bit of uh, some quick hitters, talk, just talking about your experience with theater. Um, let's start with both of your favorite diva. Ooh. I think I can guess what my dad's is, but... <laughs> yeah, why don't you do the whole lightning round, because I don't know. <laughs> Dad, who, who would you say is your favorite, like, Broadway legendary diva? You, you know, you own, like, many of her records. Like Barbara Streisand? Yeah. 
I mean, she's oh, there up there. Go. She's on like the Mount Rushmore of divas. She is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen her in concert? I haven't. Oh. No. But, but I, I, well, when I was a child, we had her records. You know, we had people and all those. So people, I, I've known her for the people, whole time. We need people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll be in Gypsy, you know, still still in the, she's never in the gypsy? somewhere. She could do Hello Dolly again, but now she's like age appropriate for it. Ooh. There you go. Hello Dolly four. <laughs> Just keep reviving Hello Dolly. <laughs> I did see both uh, Bette Midler and Bernadette Peters in Hello Dolly. That's my uh, Broadway oh, claim wow. of fame. And those are two two legends that just... That is impressive that, to yeah. see two stars. I saw Betty Buckley. those moments you're seeing, you're like, it. this is... Oh, amazing. That's right. She did the tour of it. Grisabella. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. Yeah. So Hannah, uh, what yes. about yours? Yeah, who's oh, your I guess I didn't answer. Yeah, I just said, like, my dad's is probably right. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know. I used to play this newlywed game style. <laughs> I will say, I think you can't go wrong with Patty Lapone. She of course. is. <laughs> Powerhouse. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, Hannah and Keith, do you have a dream role on the stage? I don't want to be on the stage, so <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the backstage crew member. I've been in a, in a couple of musicals, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago and then 50 years ago, but it's not my thing. I like writing music. Is there a show you'd really want to see Hannah in? <laughs> yes. Rent. Just about all of them but Rent. <laughs> yeah, <we know. laughs> oh. I've seen her in that one. <laughs> Once was enough. She's great as Lexi Darling. <laughs> um, yeah, I know my dream role, which anyone who went to college with me and had a performing class with me could tell you, is The Baker's Wife and Into the Woods. Um, oh, yeah. Very, yep. very high up there. Yeah. And you kind of got to play that. In, uh, on we, Zoom. Yeah, we did on Zoom. That's true. I did do a Zoom sicle where I played that opposite Noah as the yes, baker. Yes, as the baker. Yes, we had we had a lovely rapport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I I would have thought you'd said um, Fred in Once Upon a Mattress. That that's where I could really see oh, you. Oh well, that is actually of have you done I've that played. One? That is. Oh, I yeah, I did that. In oh, high you've already school. done. Oh, you already done. That's that's why I. Yeah, but I would. It. That's like of the parts I played. That is what I would love to return to. Yeah, that one. They're still talking about that one in Berlin game. <laughs> Legendary. Everyone, everyone on Burlingame Avenue That's is right. still talking. Like, yes. Whispers of Hannah's 2015, no, 2014 production. In line for Salt and Straw. Oh, yes. The the it girl of Burlingame Theater. <laughs> All right. When you go to the theater, what is your intermission snack? I feel like I'm not much of a theater snacker, but I do love a theater beverage. I love a yeah. good glass of uh, wine, usually Prosecco. I feel like I like to have something gotta, fun and bubbly. Gotta get a nice the like $25 glass yes. of wine at, at Exactly. The I love it when I, I ask for the small one. They're like, that'll be $25. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's coming in a plastic cup, though. <laughs> And I'm with Hannah. I, I go for the drink. So if they don't have the mixed Manhattan, then just give me some gin on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think about like... Act two will be great. What, exactly. What do you think about like themed drinks? Like I know they're doing this on Broadway these days where like it'll be like... 
the Emerald City Punch or like some 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 gimmicky drink that goes with the show. You know, yeah, those I... those scare me. Yeah. <laughs> Simba's <laughs> surprise or something. I I love a good like fun cocktail, but I also feel like they're oh like five out of six of the ingredients in those is always just some sort of sugar. And, yeah, yeah. Like the Absolutely. alcohol content is so low, but you're paying the same price you would to get just like straight whiskey. And so sometimes I'm like, don't mess with all the other sugar. <laughs> just get me the, what I'm here for. <laughs> That's right. However, when we went to the ballet, you did get something, uh, something sweet, but you got a little spicy right. in there too, That's, right? Well, yeah, I got a, a coffee and Bailey's, so, you know. <laughs> Interesting. I never I never would think they'd sell that at a theater. That's, that, that seems like an odd choice. The, yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty common. Ballet. Yeah. The War Memorial uh, Ballet Theater in San Francisco. Interesting. <laughs> okay, and finally, can either of you remember your greatest experience you've ever had at the theater? Oh. A moment, a show, an experience, some, some, uh, something that stands out as the most memorable experience. I have two favorite musicals, and so that kind of defines the greatest moments for me. The first one was um, The Music Man, which I didn't see on stage. I saw it on the big screen in San Francisco, one of those big curved screens, mm -hmm. and this was in the 60s. That's by far my favorite musical. That's what caused me to even like music. Back on Broadway. And this, the second one was um, Wicked, which uh, I just thought that was amazingly it's magical. <laughs> yeah, Wicked was one of the first shows I ever saw. Yeah, Wicked was definitely like, I think the first like professional show I actually don't know what the first professional show I had seen was I know in similar time period I saw like Beauty and the Beast on Broadway but then we took a trip to Chicago to see Wicked specifically because the tickets were cheaper in Chicago than they were in New York back in 2004 or five <laughs> when we went and um that was I remember like leaving that show and being like this is what I want to do like this is I want to like do theater and like really perform and do it to the scale like that was a a game changer for me for sure yeah for so many people in our age range specifically it feels like wicked was the catalyst the thing that really yeah. kind of opened up our eyes to see wow this is what a musical can look like because it's yeah. it's really theater on the the grandest scale possible mm-hmm yeah well which actually, the last one too kind of yeah, you think about... i will say one of my other top theater experiences which is like a completely other other side of theater and not you know seeing big mega musical that is wicked my freshman year of college i had gotten free tickets to see this play called world inside a loop which um was an off-broadway theater i can't even remember where it was now i want to say it was uh, maybe second stage. I don't quote me on that. I that might be incorrect, but it, it's this play that was co-written by Sherry Renee Scott, who I had known from many different Broadway musicals. Diva. And I like I knew nothing about the premise of the show. I just knew that I had free tickets from my college, and so I went. And the premise was kind of I think semi autobiographical, and Sherry Renee Scott was in it, but she played a woman who goes to teach like a theater class at a high security prison and uh, has this like group of prisoners and just it was very bare bones they kind of had all the props that were used were as if like props you would find that you could use in a 
prison theater program so it was all like very minimal but i like i remember like during the curtain call just like being so moved and starting to like cry even though there was no character in that show that i could relate to there was no experience that like like completely resonated with me and yet it just was so well told and so mm -hmm. well done that it left me really moved and i think that is a side of theater that i love is the ability to affect people even if they don't have something they can directly relate to your show yeah. but if you're just telling a story that is authentic and important to you you can have the ability to do that to someone yeah that's definitely the mark of a successful production for sure yeah, theater makes you think. Otherwise, it's not a good show. Yep. And it makes you cry. Oh. And it makes me cry. I mean, I've cried at even, so many shows. That's not makes always an think. indicator of how good the show is. If I'm crying, I cry at everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, find, I find myself rarely crying at movies. But whenever there's like a really emotional scene in a musical, I break down. And I, yeah, I, it's I, totally different on, on stage than a musical, you know, people are putting their heart and soul out on stage and in the movie, yep. you kind of have to hold back a little bit. And, and I have this kind of rule that if you're going to put a really sad part, it has to be like at least five to 10 minutes from the end, because when the lights come back on, I don't want to see people sitting there sobbing. So, <laughs> so th that's, that's my rule. So you don't like, like West Side Story. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Have the keep the sadness right at the end. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, like, stab okay, a little sooner, home. would you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I think I think that's all. Uh, Xandra, you, you, you okay? You good? Yeah. I think uh, I think we got yeah, everything. We, yeah. Anything else we need to cover? Yeah. I think this this was a great interview. Thank you so much for for coming on, Keith yeah, and Hannah. Fun having you. Give us one final plug. One final. Uh, pitch for to for people who should uh check out your show yeah uh, so um, can, hannah why don't you tell them about the website yeah you can <laughs> find out all about our show you can hear a lot of the songs and see some of the scenes that we recorded back in 2020 uh on the website thejourneyhomemusical.com um you can also find us on instagram the journey home musical as well as at Patreon, which I believe is patreon.com slash the journey home musical. So give them some money. <laughs> Just make sure you put musical at the end and then you got it. <laughs> and, and thank you too for doing this. This is a great idea and, and this is really nice. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Well, we're just excited to have you and we're excited to interview a whole bunch of other people. And this is just a more it's only to come. just great. beginning. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you on later, you know, when, it, when you have more things to add to your show. Yeah, gladly. We'll see what the, the new right year brings. Right after you've accepted the Tony Awards. <laughs> exactly. We'll be like, oh, we knew you when. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very there much you for go. listening, everybody. Um, follow us on Instagram at theaterworld underscore readings. You've got all of our links and stuff up there. And we will see you next time. Uh, have fun in, uh, in life and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm kind of rambling on here, but we'll see you at the next episode. That's right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. <laughs>